Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Markets View. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined by JP Ong on this afternoon. And you know, yesterday markets all looked very sad and very red. Today there was something of a rebound. Is it going to last or <laughs> is it just a correction? I, I go back to my question yesterday, JP. Was it an overreaction yesterday? This is basically happening because of a turn on Twitter or a twist on Twitter <laughs> by Trump. So again, the word, and you know what else starts with the letter T? Terrible. <laughs> But also a turnaround, and we're seeing signs of that in the region also. And again, this is also still just about coming off of that recovery after Trump mentioned in, uh, on the sidelines of the last day of the, of the G7 summit in Biarritz, France, that, that, uh, that Chinese negotiators have contacted their, the, them and said that they are willing to return to the negotiating table next month. Perhaps this could be, just be a show of force or perhaps Trump just uh, showing the markets, look, you see, I can, I'm bending China to my will at the moment. They are calling uncle. They think it's this. They know that this is the right thing to do. Uh, and regardless, it is uh, giving us signs of hope once again. But I remember... In the span of uh, 48 hours, which is the, the weekend that was or the mm-hmm. 48 hours of the weekend, we saw an escalation of tariffs and also a lot of tweets from, from Trump where he took shots at China and at the Fed also, right. asking who is the greater enemy? Is it, uh, tr- is, it, is it China or the Fed? And then suddenly, and because of that, we saw markets suddenly capitulate and, and flounder, driving the Straits Times Index uh, to wipe out their intraday gains. Then in the span of the last, uh, I guess, uh, 18 hours, Trump tweets out or Trump announces that, hey, you know, China's coming back to the, to the table. And suddenly markets are breathing a sigh of relief once again. But keep in mind, you're, basically, you're all trading on the back of a Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so is this sustainable? I'm not entirely sure. And uh, I think uh, we have to be cognizant of the fact that should there be more uh, fighting words from the American president or if China retali- decides to come out and say, you know, we're not going to go back to the negotiating table, this could all turn around once again. So right. things are rather flimsy. Take a look, for instance, at value turnover. It's picked up a little bit. We're still only seeing $495 million Singapore dollars in total trade. changing hands. Yes, we're back in the green for mm-hmm. the year, but we're only up by about three points from where we started out 2019. So we're only up by about five points so far. So this is a rather uh, cagey recovery for markets here in Singapore. We haven't seen any signs of uh, markets actually recovering from Monday's meltdown, if I can call it that. And you don't even have to look that far. Take a look at, for instance, how markets in the U.S. did yesterday. Futures were trading higher before mar- the w- opening bell out on Wall Street. And yes, the Dow, the S&P 500, and NASDAQ all gained ground, but these all gains only at about 1% each. So yes, they did recover, but they've still got a ways to go to recover from the meltdown that they suffered on Friday after the escalation of tariffs between the China and the United States. So uh, how strong or how solid is this recovery at the moment? Um, That's something that I, I'd, be, I'd be wary to say that the, the good times are back at the moment because of just how, just how tepid this move up is. Yes, we're up by about 0.2%, but we still got a ways to go to, again to come back from Monday's meltdown. And we're seeing the same thing happen across the region. Yes, everyone's trading higher, but the Nikkei 225s up by just 1%. Stocks in Shanghai are up by about 1.5% in Shenzhen. They're starting to rebound also at the moment. Take a look at the Hang Seng. They're still down by about 0.2%. So there's still a lot of things weighing on markets over there. And uh, I think this, this uh, return of at- risk appetite for markets here in Asia and the Pacific, yes, it's back there. Yes, 
yes, markets are breathing a sigh of relief. But keep in mind, we are pretty much at the mercy of a Twitter feed right now. Yeah, then it comes back to my question then, was yesterday an overreaction? It is just a tweet, after all. He can uh, change he, his mind. No, I think yesterday was actually... I don't think yesterday was much of an overreaction. Mm-hmm. I think it's... Uh, when you look at the uh, the numbers that were being put out there, I mean, the, the tariffs that China was going to put, especially the products they were targeting. They were targeting beef, pork, and soybeans, so American agriculture products. And and uh, the one spot, the one uh, portion of Trump supporter base that uh, might be taking the trade war on the chin mm-hmm. most is the agriculture sector. So the fact that they were looking at these particular products to tariff, I mean, they're, it's, it's, I'm sure it's, they it's, were chosen for exactly that reason. It's not a coincidence reason. also no. that, uh, to see that they possibly targeted these particular products, right? Um, so there's that. And Trump saying, you know, what? I'm go- uh, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to raise tariffs on China and I'm going to do it on October 1. These moves, if they did... F- push through with them, and there's still a chance they will. Trump did say he might consider lowering the tariffs again or holding off on lift on, on raising those tariffs. But if they did go through with those moves, this changes the paradigm again. Keep in mind that markets, and they, they did estimate, I think in markets, based on the trade war and the uncertainty, Bloomberg had this estimate that they lost about $585 billion in terms of total GDP because of this uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And that's just counting the recent round of tariffs. Now, if it, if it kicked up a notch and by that magnitude as they did, yes, I mean, you will see markets starting to reprice everything. Everyone's going to ask themselves, well, will growth continue to be this robust? Analysts out in Hong Kong were already saying that this is going to impact corporate earnings in Hong Kong, which are going to be made worse by the unrest over there. Even here in Singapore, if it does lower GDP or global GDP growth again, this could feed into corporate earnings. This could feed into the outlook of some of these corporates. And thus, it does mean that you might need the fundamental repricing of these markets if they went through with that. But now we're back into the, on the Twitter feed, and now it seems that markets saying, well, maybe we have to reprice it again. But, you know, it's kind of dizzying, actually. And uh, it, it makes me it's, – it's not – I don't envy analysts out there who have to revisit and revise their, their spreadsheets on an almost daily basis. On an almost hourly basis, even, <laughs> if, if, if things had picked up. And, and I guess it's good news that perhaps both sides have decided, you know, maybe we, we, we went a little too far. Maybe we said some things we, shouldn't have, we should take back. We didn't mean. We still love each other. Who knows, right? But, but you, uh, you know, this really is like watching a rom-com, isn't it? It is, but it's one of those rom-coms that, uh, of couples that uh, tend to make up and break up all the time. And it reminds you, me of that, that movie, The Breakup, just, by Vince Vaughn. Yeah, and you're just kind of going, dude, get over her. Yeah, you know, or, or pretty much just them saying, you know, I think I kind of went too far calling her fat. Or she's maybe saying, you know, I think I went too far calling him a loser. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of what happened over the weekend. <laughs> really. I think both of them kind of realized, I think we kind of pushed the envelope a little too far. And, and keep, scared <laughs> everybody in the world while they were at it. Yeah, but again, uh, what happens over two days of of, mulling, of, a cons- of uh, sit- sleeping on it, of perhaps just sitting on, on what they said and perhaps this is their attempt at trying to re, uh, come back to the uh, come back to the uh, the kitchen table and saying you know I kind of didn't mean to call Can you I fat. Can I get you a cup of coffee? Let's I kind of didn't talk. mean to call your, mo- your, your I didn't <laughs> kind of I didn't mean to call your brother a loser. You know these things. I think this is them actually coming back and saying these uh, and trying to at least make amends. But there we've got a long way to go. We and do. Uh, words hurt. If if you ever needed proof that words can hurt, I think this last weekend proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Right, right. And here's more proof. Again, I I just want to go back to the fact that, yes, we're seeing a bit of a bounce back for the Nikkei 225. Shanghai and Shenzhen are both coming back up. But uh, the Straits Times Index, for one, 
is uh, keeping their rebound a little bit more skeptical, a little mm. more cautious. We're mm. just up by about five points. Right. So I think, uh, and once again, we, we have noticed that of the major Asian markets here, it seems that Singapore seems to be the more cautious or skittish one of this Either particular way, group. They're the ones that go, wait, hold on a second. Is the water really that safe to get back into at the moment? Maybe I'll just put half my foot in at the, uh, for the time being. And it's, it's showing itself right now with how Singapore is trading. I mean, we're just up and yeah, it was, we're just now up by about four and a half points. And yes, we're, I think we are in the green, but there's still a lot of soul-searching happening, at least among traders here in Singapore. They're, it doesn't seem like they're getting carried away. Or if I, can, if I may be so bold as to say that maybe there are some investors who are perhaps just trying to come back in and trying to find risk because of this mm-hmm. alleviation in, in trade war in trade warfare. But I think, uh, I think the more... Uh, sensible or the more skeptical ones out here in Singapore, perhaps they're asking the right questions at the moment. Well, perhaps this, they're asking, well, can we, really, can we really trade on a Twitter feed <laughs> or can we trade on well, what the Trump's Well, you have no tirades. choice. You're going to have to trade on uh, the Twitter feed tirades. Mm-hmm. But this kind of reminds me of that Indiana Jones um, movie where, you know, that um, famous guy looks over and it's a pit of snakes and goes, oh, very dangerous. You go first. You're talking That's, about... The you're, rest you're of the markets are going first. Harrison Ford? Harrison Ford. Um, oh, because Indiana Jones was afraid of snakes. That was his biggest exactly. fear. Exactly. It's very dangerous. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, this is like the SDI. It's like, okay, everybody else in the region, you go first and, you, and, and we'll see what happens to and you. And you know who else, who else is playing Indiana Jones? Everyone's, all the major central banks in the world are looking at the Fed going, you go first into that pit of snakes. <laughs> the moment. And I think Jerome Powell's going, wait, me again? Me, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Don't want to. No. Although, of course, this does have an impact on Singapore businesses and Singapore businesses face a rising tide of bad debt. Yes, they are, actually. And I just wanted to also bring this up. This is actually a story that was brought up by, um, by law firms who mm-hmm. actually sp- uh, specialize in some of these rescue financing deals. And mind you, this also ties into this is uh, this was brought more into the consciousness because of the recent uh, the collapse, of, for lack of a better term, of high flux in, uh, in the recent months as they tried desperately to try and salvage or try to lock in some rescue financing. Some of the uh, prominent uh, distressed debt lawyers, restructuring lawyers here in Singapore, such as Sean Langhorn at Hogan Lovells, Lee and Lee said that they could see a tide of distressed debt actually rise in Singapore because a number of companies actually came carry a significant amount of debt. Now, mm-hmm. I did talk on Primetime the other day about um, the appeal of Singaporean sovereign debt. And we have to distinguish between sovereign and corporate debt here. So uh, Bloomberg actually came up with a very interesting article saying that if you're looking for yield at the moment, because we have $15 trillion in, in assets in negative yielding territory, where do you go look for yield? At the moment, Singapore's uh, debt is probably the most appealing of the, of the economies that have a AAA rating. So mm-hmm. even 10-year yields here are actually yielding even higher than U.S. 10-year yields. So if you're, if you're in the search for yield, perhaps you might want to look at Singaporean sovereign debt. Now, that's sovereign debt because many uh, credit raters, many economists actually laud Singapore for having very strong fundamentals, very strong financial institutions or, or, or government institutions that can step in the MAS uh, uh, and the government themselves, to name just a few. But that's sovereign debt. Corporate debts, though, they are still relatively high in Singapore. And if we start to see this trade war hit the bottom line of some of these companies and affect their credit ratings or their solvency, pictures also, that you could see a lot of companies looking f- to restructure their debt or maybe even face the po- a possibility of, of bad debts, perhaps even threatening them, maybe hopefully not at the degree it threatened high flux in the mm. last couple of months. But yeah, a number of uh, these, 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 these law firms actually said that uh, a number of these companies have a significant amount of debt. The dollar bond market here faces a record, for instance, of, of 12 billion Singapore dollars of bonds maturing next year, according to Bloomberg. And uh, repayments might be a, a challenge, especially for some of the manufacturers who've seen 
their sector contract recently, and also the wholesale and retail trade sector who've also seen some pretty rough times. So, so just a few more uh, uh, points here. Danny Ong, for instance, the partner at Raja in Tan Singapore, says that more lenders and investors they've noticed are getting increasingly aggressive in preparing for defaults and enforcing some of these. So, you know, this could be good news for the law firms because they'll have a lot of work. Well, the law firms always have a lot of work. They all, will always bad. have like, when, when things go good and when things go bad. When things go good, it's about uh, getting those those uh, deals and acquisitions out in play. But uh, when things go bad, I mean, there is uh, there is a lot of debt to be restructured and, and heaven forbid, uh, potential bankruptcies down the road, perhaps, perhaps insolvencies out there. Or lots of litigation. So definitely something to look out for this time on the liability side of the mm. balance sheet. Look mm. out for some of these companies that carry a lot of uh, liabilities and uh, whether or not their future cash flows can actually pay, pay these off because they could be candidates for some of these things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a pretty picture. Even though the markets look happier than they did yesterday, I'm not entirely sure that we can sustain this. No. Because everyone's going to be terrified of the next tweet. The next tweet or the next proclamation. I think uh, there has been a sign that perhaps uh, President Trump has calmed down a little bit. Uh, you know, he has not just said that... Uh, He's not just said that, you know, we, we are looking to, to come back to the negotiating table with China because they realize it's the right thing to do. Notice he said they realize it's the right thing to do. He's also mentioned that uh, there is a chance that he might strike a trade deal with, with the European Union and perhaps avoid slapping the EU with a number of uh, with, with uh, tariffs on their automotive exports to the United States, which could also be a sign of, uh, of relief on that side. And uh, one economist uh, uh, who spoke to CNBC actually pointed out that perhaps the US-EU trade, trade war or a potential EU U.S.-EU trade war might be even more damaging for the world economy than, say, the U.S.-China trade war. Mm -hmm. But uh, regardless, you're talking about tensions between three of the largest economic blocs in the world. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's a good thing that they've walked it back today. They've walked back some of the tension today. But this is today. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Well, therefore, investors, you're in for a fun ride. Mm -hmm. Well, you have been on a fun ride for the last several months. Yes. <laughs> and the ride's not over. No, it's, it doesn't seem to be, and I don't think it's going to end anytime too un- soon until we actually come to any semblance of a possible trade deal, even if it's in principle. That would be nice. But even that could change. Even Yes, true. And until you see it on the dotted line, perhaps, you know, we, this... Uh, <laughs> can you tell that I've, I've, it's been a dizzy Tuesday for me? <laughs> it has been a dizzy Tuesday for just about everybody, I think. Right. All righty. So what can we look forward to on primetime? Well, today we are going to talk about, about the bond markets also later on and the conundrum that central banks face. Mm-hmm. So... At Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh, it seemed that the Fed Chair Jerome Powell actually expressed that he is, is, er, reminded markets there's only so much we can do mm-hmm. as monetary policymakers to help of, to avert a possible global slowdown. Right. And uh, because we do not have we don't have a playbook for handling these trade war uncertainties. So sure. there's that, and there's also the fact that we still have 15 trillion dollars in a- of assets in negative yielding territory. So the other day, I was able to actually interview. Uh, the chief economist of Swiss Re, Jerome Hagley, who is here in uh, Singapore. Mm-hmm. It's a very lengthy interview. We'll be uploading it on our podcast section later on, but I will be playing uh, uh, an abridged version of that uh, interview later on at 4 o'clock. And he has some very interesting insights on how difficult or how challenging it is to look for yields. But he did 
remind markets also that there are still opportunities to be made out there. And just because there is a bad economic outlook, it doesn't translate into a bad market right away. But stay cautious and also uh, and also keep in mind. And I think uh, for him, the biggest worrying point is that markets might be relying too much on monetary policy at the moment. And uh, I think he wants to return to normalcy when monetary policy was just seen as boring and predictable. And if that does happen, then we'll probably see a lifting of some of these uncertainties. You can listen to the to the interview later on, either on our when we upload on our podcast this, this evening or later on at four o'clock, you listen to the abridged version on primetime. Okay. Well, you know, I can't say that I disagree with him. I think the rest of the world would also agree with him. A little bit of boring would be pretty good right now. Mm, I think so too. Uh, we do. We have a saying back home where we say, every, leave it up to Batman. It's a, it's a funny colloquialism we have in Manila. And I think, uh, and sometimes when things get so harder when someone is when some too much of expected of somebody we like to say batman's tired and i think right now jerome powell is expressing that he might be bruce wayne and i think that's <laughs> that's the issue at the moment come and, on uh, people give me some boring give me some, i think uh, the, the the search for boring it might, might be might boring. actually be rather refreshing at the moment so. i think the world would agree with that mm. and on that very Cheerful note, JP Ong. Cheerful, I'm, really? <laughs> really? Yes, it was. <laughs> it's all about, uh, you know, optics. I see it as cheerful. You're JP Ong. I'm Clarissa Montero. This has been Market View on Workday Afternoon on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.